Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and mayhem continues. The bracket is set. Saw and heard a lot of thoughts, opinions, reactions. I had plenty myself. And as this episode's coming out, though, it's it's about time to play ball. So there's a lot ahead of us. And however you got here today, whether it was an audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, etc., or you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and rate if you haven't yet. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Click the link in our bio on either page or go to shop.believe.com to purchase the merch. Three shirts available for you. Some of our favorite segments covering our bases, safer out, and catch you soon. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases. I'll give you some news and call outs from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Nigeri Kennedy. She is a freshman phenom in the circle at Stanford, just played in the Pac-12 tournament, and now is starting her first NCAA postseason run. So what a time for us to get to chat. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. First for us today is the first ever Pac-12 tournament. Just a quick recap because I, as you all know, traveled with the Stanford team doing radio coverage this past weekend, and it was cool to see all nine teams in one place, even Cal and Washington were at the same hotel as we were, as I was with the Stanford team. And that just doesn't happen, right? Like what other times does that really happen very often? And seeing things like each head coach signing some softballs so that all nine of the head coaches who are all women, right, had signed it to commemorate it. And just what it represents was really cool. I just think this is something that we're going to look back on and be like, wow, man, I was at the first one and it was really, really cool. You know, just something to really... Just remember, I think, a core memory. And it had Women's College World Series vibes, let me tell you. There were eight teams in the same place to compete at all of these World Series that we've seen, and there were nine here in the pack, right? And we see the unique cultures of each of these teams and how they stack up against each other in the same place. So it had that same sort of environment that just gets you ready for postseason, which I loved. And it was my first time in Tucson since I played there, which has been a long time. And there were so many upgrades to the Rita. They have completely redone it since then. It looks amazing. It was a great experience. There are always an engaged atmosphere of fans, like always. That is so consistent. I was used to them rooting against me back in the day, right? But because it was everyone there, all the teams, there were fans from all over and it was just overall high energy and it was fun. It was really fun. And I also met some friends and believers in person for the first time. 
kind of for the first time. So like for Natasha Watley, for example, got to meet her. She was there with Pac-12 Network too. I have met her before when I was probably 10 years old. I got her autograph at UCLA, right? But this is the first time since adulthood. Like we've really been Zoom friends. She's been on the show so many times, but we finally got to actually chat in person. And then Daniel Laurie and Kenzie Fowler as well. Both also been on this show. I played against them in college. So yes, not the first time ever being around them. They both, I'm pretty sure, struck me out at some point. But getting to have those conversations in this context where we all just love the game, we're covering the game, was pretty special. It was really fun. And I I hope that continues throughout the postseason. Mike Kendrea also threw out the ceremonial first pitch at Mike Kendrea Field. Iconic. Like, just iconic. Exactly how it should have been. I'm so glad it started that way. He's another believer we talked to right after he retired a couple years back when he ended his career in Oklahoma City. And it was really nice to see him just there, too, still supporting not only Arizona, but also just NCAA softball as a whole. And you know what? It reminded me, too, like I threw my very first ceremonial pitch ever recently at Stanford before the Friday Washington game that they hosted. And I had to like go to a park and throw a few into a fence because I was like, I just can't embarrass myself, but it has been a long time. But when I see like Mike Kendrea or I've seen like Carol Hutchins, for example, throw out first pitches, I'm like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. Like get it together. So that is inspo for me as well. (laughs) Moving forward. The thing too, is that the actual product on the field, every single game was interesting and all of it had a postseason feel. You start off with like Arizona and ASU, that rivalry kicks it off in the play-in game. Like that's fun in Tucson, Arizona was leading UCLA for a while in the quarterfinals. And that's one of the most iconic college rivalries in softball ever. And then the number two seed, Washington, they only beat the number seven seed, Oregon State, one to nothing. Like it was a close one there. And it was a nail biter a little bit. Stanford had a comeback win over Oregon in the seventh inning, weighted down to the wire, the last three outs that they had. And then they move on to a pitcher's duel with Nigel Kennedy and Brooke Yanez in the semis where the Bruins ended up winning one to nothing. But wow, was that a gem by both sides? Like what a good, solid postseason elite level game. And then, of course, it ended in historic fashion. Utah beating UCLA and winning it all. After having gotten swept by the Bruins in the regular season, they had two players get hurt during the game. They're just resilient and they do it as the underdog. Like I was so, so, so happy for them. And I think... This is a good example of us already seeing the effects of having a conference tournament. This is something that other conferences have benefited from. The only two left that don't have it are the Big West and the WCC. But in this case, it was about exposure and it was about getting that tournament experience and some of that momentum. And for Utah, I think it worked. You know, they didn't make the tournament at all last year. And this year they ended up basically forcing the committee to let them host regionals. And because they beat UCLA, the number two team in the country, and they win the first ever championship at the Pac-12 tournament, they get the number 15 overall seed and they get to host regionals for the first time since 2017. They've been underrated all season, but I think the push at the end, that made a difference for the committee. And that is what the conference tournament is about. Secondly, the bracket. There is so much to say about the bracket, but I actually broke it down for everything in a Softball America article. It's all 16 regionals with all 64 teams in it. 32, by the way, are an automatic bid from winning their championships in their leagues. 32 are at-large choices by the committee. So just a reminder there. And it's literally titled 2023 NCAA Softball Tournament Breakdown. So go check that out for all of the details, but I will hit on a few themes right now. 
One is that there is more parity, which I appreciate in the sense of five mid-major conferences had more than one bid this year versus just one last year. That to me shows growth in terms of the sport and who's having success in the sport. One example would be Long Beach State ended up winning the regular season at the very end, but Fullerton still got in and they'll get to make a run in the postseason for like the 31st time, I think. So that was that was a cool aspect of it. And it's, you know, the history making. There's always a first time. It feels like there's a first time for everything. And every year we're checking off those firsts. There are seven different teams. It's their first NCAA tournament ever. Love that. Also the first time that Arizona and Michigan are not in the tournament in about three decades. And it is it is different, right? It's a weird feeling because it's it's just within a couple of years of two legends retiring in Arizona's Mike Candrea and Michigan's Carol Hutchins, like two of the winningest softball coaches of all time. And I liked their reaction, though. Those two in particular, they were on Twitter, and they're just kind of like, you know what, we'll be back. Like, it wasn't this huge, dramatic, like, oh, we should have been in, it should have been this or that. It was just like, we're going to be back, and we know it. And that's the kind of mindset that makes great programs like like those. And so it, it will be a new experience in the postseason this year. But you know what? we got to keep rolling and make adjustments, and that's what it's about. Supers could end up being interesting. First of all, I don't trust that seedings will always hold up. I think after last year, we we know that. But just every year, I feel like there's always, quote unquote, upsets and surprises and blah, blah, blah. So maybe they're not surprises anymore. But if they do hold up, if the seeded regional hosts make it to Supers, a couple of interesting ones. UCLA and Utah would have essentially that Pac-12 tournament rematch in Super Regionals, and it would be in L.A. with UCLA being the number two seed. So that could be interesting. That's a little bit of drama. Get your popcorn out for that one. Then also Stanford and Duke, for example, they faced each other opening weekend uh, back way back when at the Mark Campbell invite. And Duke did come out on top. It was a close game, but also three months ago. So what would happen now at this point in the season? So that's a little bit of a rematch there as well. And I do think, you know, it's interesting. 12 SEC teams get in. None of them in terms of the seeds are quote unquote set up to meet in super regionals. There are six pac 12 teams, half the amount yet two of them are possibly going to meet in super regionals. It's interesting, right? Like we could, we could break down this bracket all day long, but I think at this point it's, it is what it is, but you know, it did bring me back to 2021 where a lot of the conversation was the committee saying they valued RPI so highly certain conferences like the pac 12 and the big 10 because of COVID restrictions weren't able to play as much non-conference games and also just travel. So even the ones that they did play, it was all like very localized and it made it harder, but RPI was still weighted very heavily. But then the committee this year is saying that top 10 wins were weighted heavily and body of work. I would love to know what the quote unquote body of work definition is a little bit more because that felt very vague, but the top 10 wins thing also felt pretty new. So it's a moving target that people are trying to figure out. And it seems like we just never know what's going on behind the curtain. But again, is what it is. It's time to play ball at this point. Third is there are lots of believers in the bracket. So this is the 14th episode this season. Nine guests from this year alone are competing in postseason as either a coach or a player. You got coaches like Lisa Fernandez from UCLA, Jessica Alistair from Stanford, Cindy Baumalone from UCF, Courtney Dyfel from Arkansas, Rachel Lawson from Kentucky, and recently Melissa Lombardi from Oregon. All will be participating. And then the players themselves, obviously today's guest, Nigel Kennedy, 
Jordan Rudd, the gold glove catcher from Northwestern, and Hannah Becerra, who no is not my cousin, but still somebody that I root for from Fullerton. So that's going to be exciting to watch them compete. And then even four other guests whose alma maters are going, like Monica Abbott, you know, Tennessee. They're very, very high this year in the seating after winning the SEC regular season and the tournament. Tori Tyson went to Nebraska. They got in. They were one of the last four that got into the tournament. And then Peyton St. George, obviously, coming out of Duke. Nicole Mendez, too, representing Oklahoma. She's actually calling a Seattle regional with ESPN. So countless guests, not only from this season, but from past seasons, have a dog in the fight, too. And you know what? We believe in them. We believe in softball. We believe in postseason. And it should be spicy. I'm very, very excited, as usual. So to bring it home, it's regionals this weekend. That's where we're starting one thing at a time. Here we go. You know, it's double elimination this time. Some of the conference tournaments had single elimination. You can follow the live bracket on NCAA.com, too. I highly recommend that because there are so many games going on. But every single pitch is going to be on the ESPN networks, whether it's Plus, U, ESPN2, whatever it is. Just look at your local listings. And we're going to see which teams are super. You know, last year, again, three unseated teams made it to the Women's College World Series. Nothing is guaranteed. So we will be on upset watch. And I specifically will be at the Stanford Regional. Stanford is hosting Florida, Loyola Marymount, and Long Beach State. A couple interesting things about this one, as there are in every single regional. Again, go to that Softball America article. You'll see what I'm talking about. But the Cardinal beat LMU earlier this year. It is Florida's first time traveling for regionals since 2004. So it's been almost 20 years since they've had to be on the road this early in postseason. And when it comes down to it, it's the Pac-12, it's the SEC with the two high seeds. Don't sleep on LMU and Long Beach State, but you look at the fact that Stanford can pitch, Florida can hit. How is this clash going to turn out? We shall see. But someone else who's obviously going to be there is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is a Stanford freshman pitcher, the nation's lowest ERA holder, top 25 national player of the year finalist, all Pac-12 first team and freshman team member, and much more to come, Nigeri Kennedy. Nigel, I'm so excited that we can do this. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, it was really fun traveling with you guys and the team for the Pac-12 tournament too this past weekend. But now I'm excited that we get to chat a little bit more one-on-one. So that's fun. Yes, it was the first one they had, but honestly, uh, it was so incredible coming in my freshman year and looking forward to this for three more years. It was It was really fun. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it because for me, I was like jealous that we didn't have it because it seems so great just being there and covering it. But it's also like kind of your first tournament experience at all, like in that format in college too. So how was that aspect of it? Yes. Um, coming in as a freshman, I was definitely a little intimidated, like single elimination, one, one bad game and you're out. But uh, I had a lot of confidence in my team and it was, it was a really fun experience. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And you did well. I mean, you made the all tournament team too, which is always you know, a good sign. So, (laughs) but I have to ask you about something too, because I heard you guys on the bus doing spotlight. And (laughs) so for the, for the listeners and the viewers, so they know what we're talking about. Spotlight is almost like if karaoke and silent disco, like had a baby where (laughs) you put like the headphones on or the earbuds in, and then you sing aloud. You can't really hear yourself, but you sing to everyone on the bus. That actually started, Nigel, my sophomore year. And then when I heard you guys doing it, I was like, are you serious? They still do this. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> oh, I, I know. 
yeah, for all I knew, like our seniors came up with it and it, I don't know. I, I didn't know what back that far. <laughs> Well, I'll get, I know that far, right? That's what Tatum Boyd oh, said. Oh, I didn't mean it like, like that. No, no, it's okay. Tatum Boyd said that too. She's like, yeah, I didn't know how far back it went. I was like, well, pretty far, I guess. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I actually texted some of my teammates because the ones who introduced it to the team were Alyssa Haber and Ashley Hansen. And I, I guess they had done it. I had asked them, I was like, how did this start again? And they were like, yeah, we, we did it with Team USA. Uh, I think they were in like Venezuela traveling and that's, and they brought it to us and we started doing it. So it made, it just made my heart happy to see you all doing that still. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, everyone on the team should get a turn, but I had mine a couple weeks ago and it was definitely experience. Yeah. What song did you pick? Oh, so I did take a hint from victorious and yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to, I think me and my teammate, Autumn Albers, we did duets too back in the day. I found um, photos because I was like, I could have swear there's photos, you know, and I found them. So maybe I have to show you guys that at some point, but we did a duet to like a whole new world from Aladdin and, um, which was good. But like, I think your choices was better. I feel like that or Destiny's Child would have been like my choice to go solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I we might have to bring back the duets. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to propose that to the upperclassmen. You definitely should. I'm telling you, it's next level. <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived yours. That's yeah. that's good. That's, yeah. that's I pretended amazing. to be asleep, but they didn't no one fell for it. So <laughs> have all the freshmen done it. Yes, point. all of us just did it. Yeah. Yeah, because I heard what was it? I think Emily Jones and Kira Chan did it on the bus. Yeah, they, they were our last two to go. <laughs> All right. Well, better late than never. I'm I'm glad. I like it. <laughs> it seems like traveling with the team is really fun. I mean, it's one of the things that I I missed, and that's part of the reason why it was so fun to be with you all. Um, but you also got to travel specifically to your home state in Kansas yeah. this year. And just so everyone knows, I didn't mention this in the intro because it would have been too long, but two-time Kansas softball Gatorade player of the year in high school. What was it like to go back home? with your new teammates like you kind of got to go back to your obviously your real family but then you had kind of this new family with you yes it was incredible um I actually gave pitching lessons over the summers um and throughout my high school like my senior year I gave pitching lessons to younger girls and a lot of them came um a lot of my friends from high school came um my high school actually took like a like a minivan and um some of like the parents parents and teachers were there and staff and it was just incredible to be back I was I'm far from home so it was just incredible to go back and um and see everybody yeah getting a little bit of home while you're far from home and it's like Sanford would will become like your second home if it hasn't already but still it's like nice to get a little bit of that I would imagine during the craziness yes yes I was getting I was getting too used to the heat over here I had to had to go back home yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. The weather's so <laughs> tough out here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you come from an athletic family too. And you played baseball when you were younger. Is that right? Before you started softball? Yes. I played baseball with my younger brother, actually. <laughs> nice. Did your dad coach you? Um, yes, he did. Um, especially in T-ball, he would coach us a lot. And then as we, as we um, got older, he took more of a parent role, but yeah. yeah. Who's the, the better athlete in the family? You or your brother? Oh, me. <laughs> Good. I like that you own it. Own it yeah. always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And would he admit it or would he still try to? I don't, like I don't think he'll admit it, but I think everyone outside the family knows too. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> he will eventually. He'll have no yeah. choice. <laughs> but like you said, you're far from home, right? So it would make me ask you, you know, I know why I chose Stanford, but why did you choose Stanford in your situation? Yeah, um, honestly, I want to say it was my official visit. Um, when I kind of started the whole like recruitment process, like, I don't know, I just I just wasn't looking to go that far from home. Like, even even in elementary school, I could always say like, I can't I can't go more than seven hours. Like, I can't do it. And then um, I started co- talking to the coaches more and more. I talked to them on September 1st and I love them, honestly. And we just kept growing that relationship because it is like a relationship. And then I want to say my official visit is where like I really felt at home. That's when I could finally meet like the rest of the team and all of the girls. And I just couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. And didn't coach Nyberg make some trips out to Kansas to watch you play <laughs> that happen? I feel like she said, she's like, yeah, I went to Kansas more than I thought that maybe I ever would <laughs> while recruiting her. <laughs> yes. And I think that was a big part of it too. Like I could, I knew that, um, if she's putting all this effort and like investing so much time into me, I knew it would be the same once I got to college. And it honestly, it didn't change at all. Like I still feel as loved and respected as um, when I was getting recruited, which is amazing. That's always good to hear. It's nice to know that you're like, Oh yeah, I made the right choice. (laughs) You know, like you're like, Oh, good for me for doing that. (laughs) That's, that's really nice. That's really good. But when you did get on campus too, I'm glad that those relationships translated really well how was the transition in general because I remember what it was like to be a freshman and the Mm -hmm. academics of Stanford too on top of like being on your own it's a lot so how was that for you yes definitely an adjustment but honestly this team is so much like a family and you know this but it was I don't know if we needed anything like we just go to our upperclassmen if we needed a target run we'd someone has a car we'd, we'd get to target so honestly like it was hard, yes, but I knew I had people to re- who I could rely on to help make it easier. You just reminded me while you were saying that. I feel like at the preseason barbecue that we did as a team, I think I asked all of you freshmen, like if you could, if you were in trouble and you had to call one upperclassman, who would it be? And I want to say you said Elena Vodder. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> Bullpen always sticks together. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing is, I feel like your bullpen culture is really unique because it's so strong and you all are like each other's biggest cheerleaders. Like I'll see Vodder, I'll see AV post about your success, like more than her own, you know, like she'll share stuff about you and then I'll see you post stuff about her and then just everybody though in the bullpen. And that seems like a really cool environment to be in. Yes, it is. Honestly, like Every every practice and I have bullpen. If I have a bullpen with somebody, like I know it's going to be a good day. Um, we just hype each other up. It's so it's such a positive environment, and honestly, all of practice is just it's just so amazing and positive, and just a good atmosphere to kind of grow as a player in. And how is your relationship? You said that it's great, but like, how is it with Coach Nyberg when you're focused on pitching and with your catchers, with Ali Kaneshiro and others on the team, like how does that factor into everything? Yes. Um, it's incredible. And as, as I remember in the fall, like, we were still both trying to get to know each other, learn each other's like styles and 
now I feel like it's grown so much. The other day I was having, it wasn't, a, it wasn't as, as good of a day as I would have liked. And I was getting a little frustrated and coach and I would just say, take a deep breath. Like you didn't lose your rise ball in 24 hours. Like you got it. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. I just like, we know how each other works. So I think it's, it's been really good. Do you think it helps that she also played at Stanford? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So she already kind of knows like what, like where we're trying to get this program and what it's going to take to get there. Yeah. Well, and what are those conversations like? Because I know um, when you were in high school, like this program has been gradually getting better and better back to where it was and going even further actually. But so what were those conversations like around building up the program? Yes, I remember my first call with Coach Alistair, actually. And she said, like, my goal here as a coach is to win a national championship. And I think that's one of the things I've admired most about her. Like, just all the coaches, just all of their their drive to get back to the program we are. And this year, you could see the you could see the improvement uh, on the field in the rankings. Like, it's it's just been a steady incline. And I'm I think that's what drove me to Stanford in the first place. Just wanting, wanting to be a part of that, a part of that journey and a, a part of that incline. Well, and that, that is a, a choice to make, right? Because it's like, you can, players can pick schools or programs that are super, super established and try to just fit in that mold or players can go to a program that is solid, but trying to get better and can help build that mold, you know, and you chose the latter, which is, not always the easier path, right? But it it can be the rewarding path. And I think so far, it, it seems to be at least from the outsider's perspective. Yes. And this year, honestly, it's been it's been amazing. We've been we've been getting better and better each game. Um this is the first time since I want to say 2012 that we've um hosted a regional here. And we're all excited about that. So um we're just gonna see how far we can take it in postseason and well, I know, I know we're all excited about it. So I'll tell you, it was 2011. And the reason oh, I know is because it was my junior year. Gotcha. Yeah. So now, now everyone knows how old I am. It's fine. But <laughs> that's part of the reason why I think on a personal level, I'm so excited for you guys too. Cause I'll, I'll see even doing prep for your games and things, all these things where it's like the last time this happened was 2011, 2012, 2009. I'm like, man, that was when I played. And so now getting to see you all have these experiences and make them your own too has been so fun as an alum yes I'm I hope all other alumni are watching too because we definitely we want to make you guys proud so that's we're hoping to take it far this year oh they are trust me they're watching we're definitely <laughs> we got the group text going we're we're there awesome. <laughs> awesome. and a lot of support last year during the postseason too and I think I I read somewhere or saw a video or something of you talking about how you you were watching that Tuscaloosa regional last year and what the team did and how did that make you or did it make you more excited to come to Stanford seeing what they were able to do last year before you came in yes I remember watching I was I was in awe like Alabama's this powerhouse program I think it was the first time in program history that they didn't get to a super regional and it just made me even more excited to get here and just keep building on to what this program is becoming yeah yeah I think it's cool, too, because when I asked Coach Alistair about this season, I mean, technically, in the beginning of the year, right, I was like, so what do you think? You know, you have all, all your starters from last year back, basically, for the most part. 
And she was like, yeah, but it's a totally different team. And you have been like the essence of Stanford softball and what's been built recently still feels like it's there. But I really, really like that this team has kind of taken on its own identity this year. And I would say like you are a big part of that. River's a big part of that, right? Like she was really excited about the freshman class. And and when she first told me I hadn't seen you guys play yet, but now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I did see you in the fall a little bit, though, I will say. And I was very excited for many reasons, but you were just pitching to the team, right? Like inner squads. But when you threw your change up, that's yeah. when I was like, yes, she has a change up already. This is amazing. Cause it's just, as you know, so important. Yes. Yes. I found that. Um, I, I don't use it too often only when I need it, but yeah, it's definitely been a fun pitch to kind of throw in there when people are expecting it. If you had to choose, would you rather fool somebody like for a strikeout? If you're going to strike someone out, would you rather fool someone on a changeup or mm-hmm. get them on the rise ball? Ooh. May I I want to say the changeup maybe just because I throw my rise ball a pretty good amount. True. So when no one's expecting the changeup, it's that's about that's about to fun one to pull out. Well, yeah, hence the name, right? Changeup. Yeah. Changing it up. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point because you do mix in um, the rise at like different levels and all that, which which is awesome. And I love that. And I love your velocity as well. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. And the fact that you and a lot of people talk about this, but that you and AV mm-hmm. complement each other so well, because she's obviously known for the drop ball. And then like you have that upspin and that velocity and stuff. But it seems like you guys complement each other well, like just as friends, too. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes, definitely. Um, she's been so much of a role model coming in. And I remember my first day of practice I had, I literally had no clue what to expect. And she just said, okay, just follow me. You'll get through it. And that's what happens. Honestly, some days it still happens. <laughs> hey, even when you're a senior, it might happen sometimes. You know what I mean? I don't know if that ever <laughs> stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then even having like Reagan and you have like Gabby and Kylie and then Ali Clements on the catching side, along with Ali Kaneshiro, like it's just such a cool group that you yeah. all have. Yes. There's never, there's never, a, never a dull moment in the bullpen. I will say that. <laughs> Who is the funniest in the bullpen? Oh, the funniest. I have to say Kylie. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> She's always building like the rally caps out of the cups and everything. And I'm like, you can tell that a lot of the people on the team are engineers because are like studying engineering. Yes, Yes, that is highly engineering. (laughs) It's so funny. You know, she and Emily Jones actually went to my high school, funny enough. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, Obviously way after me, but, (laughs) but yes. So shout out to them for that. too. Well, it's obviously helps to have those good relationships, right? And like that solid foundation, I mean, it's everything. But do you ever feel with the success and with all the really high goals that you all have, do you ever feel pressure in the circle? Um, Sometimes I do, but honestly, pressure is a privilege. If I, like, I want to be in those big moments, especially like starting off um, the first couple of games. Like, I just had nothing but butterflies. And even big moments now, I still get butterflies. But honestly, it's a privilege. Like, not everyone can be in this position in the first place. So I just try to, I just try to absorb it all and cherish it. That means you care. 
right? Yeah. Like if you channel it the right way, you know, cause you could like go, it's easy to go off the rails, but if you channel that energy into like, well, no, I just care and I'm going to do my best. Like that can be really helpful actually. Yes. Yes. It can be. <laughs> but when you're in the middle of, let's say you're on pace to throw a no hitter, which you've obviously done a couple times this year. <laughs> Do, is that something that you're thinking about? Like, are you aware of that in the moment? Um, not really. I'm just the, honestly, I'm just thinking about how I can get the next hitter out. Um, obviously plus if it's a strikeout, but however, however I can get this next hitter out, um, and help my team get back in the dugout is that's my goal. Honestly, if I know if I can hold the other team to a couple runs, like we're going to score. So just, just trying to do my part to help the team out. That's what I thought you were going to say for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like the greatest pitchers, that is what they're focusing on, what you just said, which is just getting the outs, you know, one thing at a time. You're not getting kind of caught up in the rest of it. And two, Coach Alistair did say you were a very mature player. So yeah. that I'm seeing that as we're chatting. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feel, it's how I'm telling you, you should have seen my freshman class. I mean, we figured it out, right? We figured it out, but <laughs> took some time. but then when you get recognition too it's obviously exciting and it's exciting not just for you but for the program you know like you said like teammates getting at recognition as well but is it one of those things where you have to really make sure that you're staying focused throughout those accolades um I think a little bit but honestly my number one goal is to win a national championship here and I I don't know, like that's the biggest accolade I could get. So like all the past ones have been amazing and I'm truly grateful, but my number one goal, like I haven't reached it yet. So I'm still, still pushing to get the number one. Oh yeah. And you have, you have some runway in front of you yeah. with your career too. Cause who said it's just, just has to be once. That's yeah, exactly. One, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that. I really like that, but you also have goals, right? So it's kind of like balancing that. Like you have, of course, team goals, and you're going to put everything you can into that. But a way for you to do that is also like make sure that you're working on your best self, you know? And so you, it's natural. Obviously, every athlete has like those individual goals as well. And I think I saw on, I want to say it was your Alliance fast pitch bio online. So this is like travel ball time. Gotcha, that yeah. I think it was your goal to be the USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year on there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that still something that you're like, yeah, I mean, I want to work towards that? Yes. Um, I feel like that would be amazing. Just a great accolade to put to put in my belt. But yeah, looking forward to what the future holds. Yeah. I mean, obviously, just like when you're throwing a no hitter, that's not you're not thinking every day about that. I'm sure it's more like, yeah, I hope my hard work results in that at the end of it. But not yes. everyone knows that you can hit a little bit, too. <laughs> I know you haven't done it a ton this year, but like, what do you, how do you feel about that side of, of the game? Yeah, I feel really good about it. And, um, um, next, next year, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking some more swings and getting more comfortable in the box. Yeah. Well, I think if your velocity in the circle translates to power in the box, that it's going to be fun to watch too. <laughs> <laughs> And you said it too, you know, you are heading into the postseason, and you guys want to make a run. Like you want to win a national championship. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the goal. 
So what is your team talking about? I think you told me earlier, maybe before we got on that you guys were watching a hype video after practice today, but before the tournament and as the tournament is starting, what are you guys thinking about talking about? Yes. Just trying to be our, um, our best selves and coach Alistair brought up actually, um, how just how confident we felt in at the end of February, like we felt like no one could beat us like on top of the world and just trying to get back to that and just feeling just feeling like that dominant team that we are. And um, Coach Alistair always says, like, we have a squad like we can do damage and we're we're excited to get to that point and show everyone what we can do. Hmm. Yes, I'm excited to watch again. And this is one of the most exciting times of the year for many reasons. And, you know, I'll be honest, Nigel, like looking back, I mean, I went to four NCAA tournaments, right. But at at the time in my head and in the team's head, it was kind of like an automatic thing. Not that we didn't have to earn it. We had to earn it, but we knew that we were good enough and that we would get there and we wanted to go as far as we could. And now I'm realizing that, you know, seeing even like all the teams, your first uh, selection show and all that stuff, like that that's a big deal to like get the opportunity. And then it's what you do with that opportunity. Has that sunk in or are you just kind of trying to stay laser focused? Um, It has sunken in a little bit. Like, of course, like everyone wants to go to postseason and um, the great teams do, but so many teams like didn't hear their name called on the, on selection night and their season just over. So it's honestly, it's like, it's a privilege to be in the postseason and not everyone gets that opportunity. So we're definitely trying to make the most of it and not, not take anything for granted. Yeah. And there was a time um, in between our time at Stanford where they weren't always going to postseason, and that was new for the program to deal with, but seeing it kind of swing back to where it's more of a consistent thing. This is four years in a row now. Obviously, 2020 doesn't count for anyone with the whole COVID situation, but in general, it's it's on an upward trajectory for sure. Yes, and it's been it's been incredible seeing how these like seniors and super seniors have kind of um, shaped the program to what it is now. It's it's incredible. Yes. Tell me about the super seniors. Cause I, I, I was at senior day too, where some people were calling them the grandmas, which is fine. Um, but you know, yeah, it's like their, their fifth year, they were a huge part of building that, that Mm -hmm. whole entire culture that you're talking about, um, and getting that success. So tell me about them. Taylor Gindelsberger, Emily Young, Emily Schultz. Yes, they're amazing. I remember, I want to say it was, we were in Wichita State and all three of them were on the bases and we we were shouting, like, nursing home, nursing home. And it was just, <laughs> it was so funny. But honestly, like, I feel like they're the, they're kind of the core and like soul of this team. Like they've been here since kind of the beginning and they've helped build this program to what it is. And it's just looking up to them, hearing their past stories of things that happened. And it's, it's been a ride and I hope that I want to do everything I can to help make their last go around the best it can be. hundred percent. I love too, how that class with those three, they're also different in the way in their game and just even personality wise, but like you got the outfielder and the speedster with Gindelsberger, right. And then you have like Emily Young's that infielder that shorts up. I feel like she has like this baseball swag. I don't know if you <laughs> agree with that from your time as a baseball player when you were a kid, but I get that <laughs> vibe from her. And then there's Schultz, right? Like the lefty and, and she's just like a funny one in the locker room from what I understand too. So I don't know. It's, it seems like a really cool group and I'm glad that you have that for your freshman year. Yes. They've been honestly so dependable. I remember I actually um, had a little bit of a bike accident 
but <laughs> I called, I remember I called Schultz and she was right over and gave me a ride back to my dorm, but everything was okay. It wasn't too serious, but they're all, they're all so dependable. And I know I could go to all three of them with that same question. And honestly, everyone on the team, it's just, it's just such a dependable like team. And I know I can, I know I can go to anyone in this locker room and they're, they're all do our best, do their best to help out any of the freshmen. Yeah. I think too, from my experience as both a freshman and then later on as a senior, that that relationship between freshmen and the seniors is kind of special, right? It's like, we still to this day, will say like, oh yeah, my senior when I was a freshman. So for me, that was like Maddie Coon and Missy Penna, who was an awesome pitcher as well. And then it was like, oh, my freshman, you know, and I'll refer to people who were freshmen when I was senior. And um, it, it, it is like this special thing that I don't know if it really clicks until later on in life. But, you know, I went to my one of my seniors, Maddie Coon's wedding last year, and she's a mom now and all that stuff. And it just it's cool how that lasts for a while. Yes. And honestly, like I can see I can see these relationships lasting, too. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the future holds, but I know like each and every one of these girls is going to have a special a special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love that because that's kind of like to your point, it's like the the main goal is the national championship for softball Mm -hmm. but then for your experience at stanford as a whole as a student too as a person you know what other types of goals or what else are you trying to get out of it yeah um i feel like i just want to meet as many people as possible honestly especially my freshman year like um the people at stanford um like i feel like we're gonna be like leaders of the world and just i feel like people like a lot of people are gonna go on to do like amazing things so I would love to just meet as many people as possible. And then I don't know, in 20 years, I'll, I'll say, Hey, like I met the next Nobel prize winner or something like who knows, but it's, it's just amazing that I have so many opportunities here. It is cool. You'll meet these people who are at the top of their field, whatever it is, it could be science, could be math, could be whatever. And you think that's so cool. Right. But they probably think it's so cool that you can throw like a 70 mile an hour pitch. They're like, Whoa, that's so cool that you do that, you know? And it's like this cool kind of balance between the two. Yes. That's actually already happened. Like, I don't know your meet. I remember some girl, um, I want to say she sailed across, um, like an ocean or something or flew across something. And I just thought, I just thought that was so cool. And then, um, so many people like come up to us and say like, I don't know how you do 20 hour weeks. Well, I don't know how you guys do all of these things. So I feel like there's just like this mutual respect between um, like athletes and non-student athletes and just everybody in general. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you have like to a certain extent that role model, like role that you have now too. I mean, you see all the, the young ones getting your autographs and all that stuff after the games and running the bases and stuff like that. What is the best part or the just most meaningful part of that for you? Yeah. Just knowing that like other girls look up to me the same way I looked up to like other players and other pitchers. That's honestly like incredible. And I, I remember just watching TV and wondering, wondering if I'd ever be on that stage, wondering if I would ever pitch in a big game, but to be able to do that, it was incredible. And to have younger girls, I know like younger players are now looking at me and wondering if they can do the same thing. So it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like a full circle moment that's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who were a lot of the ones that you looked up to when you were younger? Yes. Um, I loved, honestly, Alexander, Paige Parker. Um, honestly, I just, I remember watching, and I actually didn't like watching softball until I want to say like sixth grade. I never, I never really watched sports or anything that much until, yeah, one day just, I was just watching TV. My dad always watched it, actually. He'd always try to pull me in to watch, and I, I just didn't like watching it until one day I just sat down with him and started really watching it, and that's, I, I think that's when I just, when I first started to realize like this, this could be a big part of my life. I mean, Odyssey Alexander was amazing, especially, yeah. you know, like at the stage that you're trying to get to right now too, right? You're like, man, she got there and look what she did with that opportunity. It's, yeah. it's really cool. And I've actually heard you be vocal too, in some videos with Stanford athletics and things like that about how much it means for you to represent young black girls specifically as well. And how you had that with Odyssey, for example, and like you hope to be that for, for future little girls. And why is that so meaningful to you? Yes. I just remember, especially when I did start watching softball, like you never saw too many like African-American pitchers or black pitchers in softball. So I, even then, I think there was always like a doubt, like in the back of my mind thinking, can I do this? Like, I don't see anyone else looking like me doing this. So I think seeing her pitch and do it so successfully at the Women's College World Series, like it w- it just helped me and like reassured me. So now I'm hoping I can do the same thing to other young black girls. So they can now know that they can do the same thing. And that's honestly probably even better than a national championship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just to have someone kind of, have people like follow me and have younger, younger um, black girls just follow me and know that they can do it too. It's, it's the world, honestly. And no, no trophy. I don't care. It could be, even if it's the national championship trophy, like no trophy or medal is going to compare to that. That's amazing. What other legacies are you hoping to leave behind? Yes, definitely. Um, just, just being a pitcher that everyone knows, like, gave their heart and soul to the game. I feel like that's the best way I, like, that's the best, best way I want to be remembered by, honestly. Just someone who cared for their teammates and left their all on the field. Because softball is looking, softball is, like, just a small part of your life, honestly. And, like, you just, like, call it softball for four, maybe five years if you're lucky, and it's it's the best four years of your life. So I'm just trying to cherish every moment of it and just just have as much fun and meet as many people as possible. See, I can see why Coach Alster said you're a very mature player. That's a very mature answer, especially for a freshman. But I think the game doesn't know your age. But still, that's very just a good perspective to have the, the big picture. Yeah, because it talks you're talking a lot about like how you do things versus just what you accomplish it's how you accomplish it or how you get there or or try to get there in the end and I think that's really important sometimes we can lose that a little bit but you seem very focused on it thank you thank you (laughs) well what is a story from your freshman year that was a big learning curve for you I mean you mentioned the bike accident we survived thank you Emily Schultz (laughs) but anything else that was kind of like a funny uh, learning experience that you had as a freshman so far? I'm trying to think. There's been, 
there's been a lot. <laughs> maybe can't say someone on, um, on camera. Yeah, but it's okay. We'll filter it. Filter it out <laughs> before. <laughs> um, I want to say, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can tell you mine first if you want. I can tell you one of mine. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> so I'll tell you one of mine first. I remember freshman year, Laundry and I did not know each other that well before. <laughs> like Laundry was new to me. And I remember we had Nike Christmas, right? So we got so many things, so many clothes, tops, shorts, pants, all of it. And I just kept wearing going through it like I didn't wash anything yet I just like kept going through all the new ones all the new ones and I had a giant pile of laundry and it ended up being eight loads that I had to do (laughs) and I remember thinking like oh this is why people like actually do laundry on a regular basis you don't just like let this pile up in your room and like god bless my my roommate at the time for not caring (laughs) and being really really chill about it but that was definitely definitely one of them where I was like, okay, now, now we need to learn how to, how to do this. Yes. Um, I, so I don't think coach Alistair knows about this actually. It was another bike incident, but, <laughs> um, I actually, so on campus, like the campus is so big that everyone either bikes or has like an electric scooter or something. So I haven't biked in forever. Like I think I ha- might've been 10, like my bike is in the garage and I have not seen it since so biking on campus it was like it was getting used to like biking again and I had an electric bike Mm -hmm. so it would it go pretty fast it goes like 20 miles an hour and (laughs) there's it was the big fountain um kind of by main quad like just this huge fountain and it's like a roundabout yeah I don't know what I don't know what I was trying to do but I was riding with I remember Emily Jones and I want to think River Mailer and I was just biking and I wanted to see like how fast my bike could go. So I'm revving up. I had a throttle, so I wasn't even pedaling. I was just going. And I did one lap around it. And on my second lap, I like ran straight into the, like the fountain. So like the, like the concrete outside of it. And I don't, I don't know how it happened, but I like fell off my bike. And yeah, it, that was, that, that was a learning curve. Just trying to. <laughs> get used to not only biking but just like electric bikes and how fast it could go I don't know why I did I didn't think to use my brakes I don't know I don't know what happened I was okay coach Alistair if you're seeing this I'm sorry yeah that, that was the main thing we we made it yeah I was, I was fine <laughs> yeah well I, we used to call it like there's definitely a lot of bike things to learn too I remember um sometimes when it would rain like if you had like water on your back it meant like you didn't have like a fender on your bike. And so we called it like the freshman stripe. I don't know if that's still a thing, but like, you know, there are a lot of little things like that for sure that come with the bikes. Yes. It's, I haven't had any experiences too recently, which is good. Knock on wood, but yes, everything, knock on everything, all everything the wood. Yeah. yeah. Since well, fall quarter, we kind of, yeah. Fall quarters were at peaks. That was my laundry fiasco too. It was fall quarter. It gets yeah. better after that. <laughs> yes, yes. It's been, everything's been upward. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I just, it's funny because people don't think about all the time, like all the different parts of what you're dealing with as a student athlete, right? At the same time, obviously, you know, we see you pitching and that's awesome, but it's like, there are so many things that go into 
your experience on campus. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's laugh or cry. And I think you seem like you're like me where, well, let's cry or let's not cry. Let's laugh about it. <laughs> you know? Yes. Honestly, just trying to get used to like getting used to a school like Stanford is one thing. And then trying to do that as a student athlete in 20 hour weeks, like it, it can be a lot. Definitely. Like I, I remember laying in bed sometimes thinking like, can I do this? Like, especially in fall quarter, because it was just a lot, but yeah, I don't know. Now I can't, now I can't imagine life without 20 hour weeks. Honestly, I don't know what I do with my time. <laughs> so true. I Okay. Nigel, even my fifth year, I did a co-term like some of your fifth years are doing and around like our practices started at two 30 back in the day around like two, the whole first quarter. I would get like anxiety because I felt like I was supposed to be somewhere. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So I'm supposed to be doing something. What am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh, it's practice and I don't have practice anymore. <laughs> you know, you just get so used to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel. Yeah, especially. I don't know, like we'll have on the rare days now that we have like off days where we're not traveling somewhere. Like I'll still get up at like 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. Like, oh, do I have lift or something? Like I can't. And then if you miss lift, you don't travel. So it's always. There's always something, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, honestly. You'll still, I can tell you, alums, we've talked about it. You still have those dreams too, where you're like, you're late to weights or I'll have a dream sometimes <laughs> that like, I'm supposed to be up to bat, but I'm not ready. And I'm trying to put my like batting gloves on. And I'm like, how is this still happening? But it's just so ingrained, you know? <laughs> oh man, that's, that's really, really funny. Goodness. I'm thinking back. I, I'm very, I don't know how you guys do it now. Cause it seems like there's even more going on now, you know, than there was like when I played and more to manage just as a student athlete and a young person. I mean, even, you know, I'm sure there's been a lot of media requests to talk to you, right? Like things like that. And that's kind of a new experience. Like how is it to manage those types of things? Yes, definitely hard. I've learned to have a planner since being in college. That definitely helps, helps everything out. Yeah. But um honestly I've learned as long as you kind of stay on top of it and don't let things kind of like bottle up it's it's okay it's it's good to manage and honestly like if you are having trouble like there's so many resources and people you can talk to who have been through the same thing so it's it's definitely hard at times but so so worthwhile yeah well luckily coach Al and coach Nyberg you know what it was like. I mean, they weren't around, like, it's not like they had Instagram and those types of things uh, when they were at Stanford. But like, I think at least for me, I've always felt like that does help when coach Alistair was my assistant coach, my freshman year on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it made it like easier because you're like, you can ask questions and they know what it's actually like versus kind of guessing. Yes. It's amazing. Honestly, like they know, they know exactly kind of what we're going through and like how, um, like how things kind of work at Stanford. They know so many people too. Oh my gosh. Coach Alistair the other day was um, mentioning some of her, um, she was an econ major. So she was mentioning some of her like economic friends and what they're doing now. So all of that was, it was incredible just to know like how some of her friends are now um, like doing amazing things in the world and how we're eventually going to be there. And it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. It's special. And I I do think like her being an alum, the alums are excited that, you know, ever since she's been back these last several years for, for many reasons, including Tori and also merchant too, even though she didn't go to Stanford, she, she's been awesome as well. Um, throughout 
throughout everything. And I think like having women be the leaders seems pretty cool. I mean, you know, there are a lot of great male coaches out there totally, but does it make a difference to you to have those types of strong women as the leaders? Yes, it does. And I want to say the PAC 12 was the only conference with all women coaches, right? Only yeah. there's only there's only two Pac-12 and the Ivy League. Yep. And Ivy, yep. yes. But yeah, like that's it's incredible, honestly. Like to just know we're being led by like strong women and that we're being so successful as a program. And the Pac-12 in general, like it's it's just incredible. And we have like these role models to look up to and we see what they're doing now and how they're being like leading so like so successful lives. And it's I feel like it just gives us something to strive for and look up to. Yeah. How did it feel going through your first Pac-12 season? We talked about the tournament, of course, but also just the gauntlet that is, you know, Pac-12. How was that for you? Um, Definitely a little, a little nerve wracking at times. Um, I remember thinking like on this hitter, okay, like don't miss middle, don't miss middle. Like you got it. Just throw your best pitch out there and see what happens. So um, like I said before, like I definitely get, I definitely got like butterflies and got ramped up a little, but um, I got through it and that's what matters. I got through it was pretty successful. Um, the team was really successful. So just hoping to carry that into postseason. For sure. And your defense, I haven't asked you about that, but just yeah. being in the circle, knowing that you have your teammates behind you, how big of a factor has that been too in your confidence? Yes, yeah, such a huge confidence booster. Oh my gosh, I feel like, like, in my mind, we have the best defense in the country. Like, I know, like, if I do screw up and throw one middle, like, I have eight girls behind me who are going to run into a fence to catch that ball or, I don't know, jam a finger or something to get an out. Like, it's it's incredible. Like, I don't know how they make most of the plays they make, but I'm just thankful that they make them. 100%. Well, you, you know, you strike out a lot of people too, so they don't have to do as much sometimes. It's, you know, give and take with you and your defense. <laughs> yes, I will take this give and take relationship any <laughs> Of course, 100%. No, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm just really happy to see, as an alum, but also just as somebody who, like, loves the game and who covers the game and all that too, just the dynamic that you all have. Um, and I'm excited to see it in postseason. What do you think is the number one thing you're going to focus on heading into postseason yes definitely um like beating trying to beat anyway anyone um each each team that comes our way um like you can't win a national championship without winning like regionals first so winning regionals um beating our first team like that's that's our number one goal and then the next team and the next team if you do that enough then that's when the national championship comes so definitely like that's the end goal but we can't can't take anyone lightly them anything can happen in postseason so just trying to take it one step at a time and beating whoever comes our way first I feel like coach Alistair is really good at that like I remember talking to her before the season started and I was like what do you see what's the outlook for the team this year and she's like we're focused on playing LMU opening day that's yeah. what we're focused on and look at now LMU is coming to Stanford for the regional so that's funny yeah. but yeah <laughs> yes like it's yeah it's so exciting we're not not overlooking anyone, just taking it one step at a time and beating the first team first. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is there anything else that, whether it's about the sport or life or whatever, just anything that's kind of like top of mind for you or like has been weighing on your heart recently where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I really want to shine some light on this. Yeah, no, just, I'm just excited for postseason and looking to see how far we can go as a team. But yeah, I'm thankful to like all of my teammates, all of my coaches, um, all glory to God. But I'm just so grateful to be, to be in this spot. Well, we're grateful to have you in the sport. That's for sure. And there's plenty more to come one thing at a time, like you said, but there's plenty more to come now to wrap up. I play a game with everyone that comes on the show. Mm-hmm. It's called safer out. And basically I'll bring something up. If you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. The first one is stirrups safer out. Oh, safe. Okay. Cause we didn't have them. We, I think I wore them once in college, but you all obviously wear them all the time. So you like yes. them. Yes. Um, it took some getting used to, honestly, I never wore like stirrups and travel ball or anything, but I like them honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they look nice. I think when they're done right, they look nice. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They bring, if done right, like you said, they bring the whole look together. But. Totally. What are your favorite uniforms? I have to ask you that too. Oh, I want to say the all card, honestly. I think I think that's a classic choice. Um, either that or maybe the gray. But honestly, mm-hmm. top choice, top choice has, has to be all card. I mean, it's like as Stanford as it gets, right? Exactly. So it's yeah, yeah. I think when we we rarely did because they were like polyester and like really hot. <laughs> the all cardinal ones back in the day. You guys have you know the new stuff, the good stuff. But we, I think that is the one time I wore stirrups was with the all card. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. All right. That was the first one. Okay. Second one is throwing a rise ball when you're behind in the count. Safer out. Ooh, safe. I like the confidence. It might might have to be at a different level, but safe. So important. Such a good distinction. Like, Mm -hmm. and you said it earlier too. It's like you throw it at different levels, location, right? Like that's, I mean, let me brag on you because you, every time I ask you about you, you talk about the team, which is fair and the right thing to do. But like, that's what I think you do a great job of too. It's not just the velocity. It's not just the movement. It's the location. You kind of have all of those things together. So I'm so glad that you like bring that up because it is important. Thank you. Yes. Um, like if you're behind the account, you can't throw a rise ball over your catcher's head, but if done right, I think, I think it's still very effective. Yeah. Yeah. What about throwing a change up when it's like three and oh? Would you do that? Would um, you be fine with that? Yeah, still safe. Like if the changeup's on that day. Um, and honestly, the last thing the hitter's thinking is that they're yeah. going to throw a changeup right now. Even if, especially if you haven't thrown it too often. Totally. I used to love that about Amanda Freed. I used to watch her pitch at UCLA and she would just throw it whenever, literally whenever. And I was like, that's so awesome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. That was the second one. Uh, third one is NIL, the name image likeness stuff. Safer out. Oh, safe. This is so funny. I'm literally doing um, an article on NIL right now for one of my writing classes, but definitely safe. Um, all of there's a lot of rules and regulations and stuff, which I think is amazing. But to have the opportunity to kind of um, like earn, earn a little like earn like cash and stuff on the side. Um, I think it I think it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Do you feel like there's also 
like you get a chance to learn because someone pointed that out to me recently. Like um, it's almost like a taste of what a job would be or like an internship or professionalism. Cause it's not like you can have an internship, you know, during, during season, especially. So it's almost like, okay, well, but I can get a little bit of experience this way. Like, do you, have you felt that? Um, yes, I have a little bit. Um, so like we put, and I actually wrote, talked about this in our essay, like student athletes, like most of us don't have, if any, I don't know one student athlete who like has a job in season or anything, just because like you can't like 20 hour weeks plus traveling and everything. Like it's so hard to do. So I feel like this is just an opportunity for us to kind of like still earn like some money and still partner with brands and everything. Yeah. Um, When in the past, like student athletes haven't been able to do that. Totally. Is the writing class power, by the way? Yes. Yes, it is. They still have power. I did power too. <laughs> do you still do it for us? We did it um, freshman year and sophomore year. And then that was like the requirements and that was it. Is that yes. It? Yes. Our sophomores, um, I think most of our sophomores did it last fall, but yeah, yes. we're I'm seven weeks and I really love my professors. So it's been a fun oh. Yeah. Good. That helps. I mean, my, actually one of my, um, one of the projects that I did, it was the theme of our power class was humor. And so Mm -hmm. I actually did it and it was related to softball. Like, so Mm -hmm. I totally forgot about that till right now as we're, as we're talking about it, but yes, it was like softball jokes and things like that. So there you go. I'm maybe I'm not as old as I think, hopefully fingers crossed if you still have power. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) I'm in um, a power class called rhetoric of success. Nice. Yeah. We kind of just write about like anything that's on our mind or anything like that. And then kind of relate it back to success and how to be like successful as um, college students. So I really that's, like, yeah, that's awesome. I think my freshman year I did rock and rhetoric is what it was called mm-hmm. because our professor, her daughter was in a band and like was mm-hmm. actually like a musician and stuff. And so anyway, we learned like all about that. You're bringing all the memories back, Nigel, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad you're having a good experience. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. Last one is bat flips. Safe or out? Ooh. Safe if done at the right moment. Like I remember, I think it was Samantha Shaw in Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. She did it, and it was it was incredible. Honestly, that moment she did it at, it was perfect. Honestly, but a bat flip for like a walk in like a not important game out but right. if it's the women's cause world series go all out so if somebody bat flips after hitting against you how would you react to that oh honestly <laughs> i'd say i'm i'm getting out the next next at bat but um, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd honestly yeah i think i'd try to go God, I'm at the next bat. But honestly, again, like if we're at the Women's College World Series, like I'm like I'm hyped if I get a strike out there. So I understand like the hitter is going to be hyped too. So I understand yeah. both sides of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, because you do, you can't, you hit too. You can. So it's like, you know, I was curious. The, you're my favorite type of player to ask, the ones who pitch and hit, right? Because you're like, well, what side, you know, where do you lean? Yes. So. Um. Yeah, I feel like like as a pitcher, like then the next at bat, like I'll try to get that hitter out. But then as a hitter, I'm thinking, okay, like I, I, I see where she's coming from. I get, I get what she's doing. So yeah, it definitely depends what side, what side of the, 
what's what side I'm playing in. Totally. The next batter might get um a little more heat. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you again for joining. This was fun. Again, I'm glad we got to chat like one-on-one because I see you at the field constantly, right? And even on the bus and things, but um, this was really nice for us to just get to do this and good luck this postseason. I'll obviously be there and I can't wait. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me too. This has been fun. What a time to talk to Nija. And for the record, we actually talked even more about some bike stories on campus and off campus after we stopped recording. And actually we talked about it with Stanford's SID Claire too. It was highly entertaining, but on the softball side of things, Nigel's career is just getting started. Postseason is just getting started this year, and, and she's going to bring it. And one of the things I've really loved about watching her career start is she gets pumped. She just has that energy. Like after a big strikeout or after a big out, she like rips that protective face mask off in the circle, and she's yelling, and she's talking to her catcher. And I just love that fire, and I think we're only going to see more of that in the postseason. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about this concept. Timid sucks. This is a concept that Stanford head coach Jessica Allister talks about a lot. She says it even as a pregame message or just a general message to the team. Careful sucks and timid sucks. And basically means be aggressive and go for it, right? Like if you try to be too careful or hesitate because you're timid, you're probably going to lose in that moment anyway. So you might be trying to be careful because you care and you don't want to make a mistake, but it doesn't work that way. That's actually how even worse mistakes are made. Because think about it. What's worse, striking out swinging or striking out looking? Nobody wants the backwards K. You at least give yourself a shot when you swing. And when you don't, you just take yourself right out of it. You take yourself out of that moment. And that sucks. It sucks. And I first heard about this saying from Coach Al. It's not something I remember from when she coached me. But Allie Clements and her family mentioned this. Um, She's a sophomore who's been seeing more time as a designated player this year has had some awesome moments with some clutch RBIs, pinch hit home runs, and just some good ABs. And I ran into her dad one weekend at the stadium, and he told me about just her mindset and her approach. I said, yeah, Allie's doing great. Keep up the good work. And he said one of the big adjustments has been mental and specifically about being more aggressive whenever she does get the opportunities. You know, he said Coach Al says all the time, timid sucks, and that Allie has embraced that this year and seen it pay off. Those are my favorite kind of players to watch too, right? The ones who go all out, who leave it all out there. There is a bravery and an authenticity about that. And there's a freedom about that as well. And, you know, funny story. In addition to this, I actually told my dad super briefly about this one day, about Coach Al saying timid sucks earlier in the season. Him and my mom came to visit the last regular season home series at Stanford. When I threw out the first pitch, my dad gave me some pointers. Uh, They came to the games. He had had shirts made with the Stanford logo on the front and in all caps written on the back, it said timid sucks. Coach Al saw it. The player's family saw it at senior day and they got lots of uh, compliments and comments because my mom wore the shirt as well. And they're like, she says that all the time. So on the one hand, uh, it's a bit of an aggressive move by my dad to do that, like to make those and then have them both actually wear them. And maybe younger me would have been like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like we all are. Uh, with our parents. But you know what? I guess the concept applies to fans too. And just to everyone, Tim, it sucks. Just go for it. He did. And I respect it. So if it's good energy, dial it up. That's it. Tim, it sucks. That's the foul tip of the week. 
You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com and YouTube, too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.